It's an honor for me to be able to share what I believe Jesus has laid on my heart for you today. Last Sunday, Bruce introduced our Advent series with an invitation to listen and to pay attention to the prophets. And today, I want to challenge us to listen and pay attention to Jesus. And throughout history, men and women have searched for the transcendent creative force, that reason behind all, all creation. It's like the controlling principle in the universe that when they look at the world around them and the creation and its beauty and all the intricate pieces and how it all fits together, what is the wisdom, what is the energy that is kind of woven through all that we see that, that, that holds all of it together? What is it that brings, if we could just discover it, what would bring meaning and purpose and significance to our, our living? And this search continues today. Men and women are searching for that, that, that golden thread of, of reason that would bring meaning and purpose and relevance to their lives. In ancient Greek times, this became known as the Logos. The men and women were searching for the Logos. They were searching for the wisdom, the logic behind all of creation, behind all that they could see in a natural realm. At the very same time, even right now in this moment, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, Paul tells us that Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the true identity of Jesus. That they can't see the true identity of Jesus and His very clear and decisive relevance to the matters at hand in their lives. And Paul also says that we as believers have been given this incredible gift that God in His grace has opened up the eyes of our minds and shone a light into our hearts that we can actually see who He is. We can see Jesus. But now the evil one will do everything he can to darken our minds and bring confusion in our hearts and minds about the true identity of Jesus. And cast doubt in our, in our hearts and in our minds to, to whether Jesus actually has traceable and significant and logical connection to our world today and to what is going on in your life and to what's going on in mine. And so, John uses the word Logos to describe Jesus. He says in the beginning, the Word or the Logos already existed. And what John is saying is the transcendent creative force and reason behind creation that everyone is searching for is Jesus. The controlling principle in the universe, the logic, the energy, the weaving itself through all matter, holding everything together, is not Mother Nature or 
Father Earth or the universe. It's the person of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus that brings meaning and purpose and significance to our living. Jesus is not from an era. John says, in the beginning, before anything was created, Jesus, the Logos, already existed. So Jesus is not from an era, a specific time, having only experienced and been exposed to and limited by the knowledge and the understanding and the advancements and the practices and the social dynamics of that time. Even though he was a Jewish man and he came in a very specific time in history. He's saying this Jesus was not only relevant to that time. He is the reality in every age. He's the reality in every time. And we do not move on from Jesus any more than we move on from the sun and our solar system, somehow leaving it behind as irrelevant, as if it would even be possible. So Paul writes in Colossians 1 verse 17, talking about Jesus, that He existed before anything else. And He holds all creation together. So the question that I have for us this morning is what role does Jesus have in your life right now? In this moment, what role does Jesus have in the life of our church? So we can trust Jesus as Savior, that Jesus went to the cross and He He met our greatest need, and that was the forgiveness of sin. And not only that, He rose from the dead and He conquered our greatest enemy, and that is death. And that when we die, or if we're alive, when He returns, we're going to go and spend eternity with Him. Jesus is our Savior, and He's our light, and He's our hope. But it's altogether another thing to trust Jesus in all that's going on in our lives and in our world as Lord. And actually listen and pay attention to Jesus. John believed that if people's eyes were truly opened to the greatness and the true identity of Jesus, their response would be only one of two things. Either they would have to outright reject Him or people would begin to be people who see one thing, care only for one thing, live for one thing, are swallowed up by, the, by one thing, and that one thing is to know this Jesus and to listen and pay attention to Him and to obey and trust Him and find life that's really life. And so John writes the first five chapters of John, or first five verses of, of chapter 1, 
some of the most profound and astounding statements of truth ever written about Jesus. In the time that he wrote it, it was about 50 years after the death of Jesus. And many people had heard of him. And he's saying, this is who this Jesus was. This is why he's still relevant in your life. Because in the beginning, the word Jesus already existed. Where was he? The word was with God. That word with has the connotation of face to face. Jesus was in a intimate and perfect relationship with God. He was a separate being. He was with them. So he, he was separate, but he was with them. But he's not just some being. He, the word was God. This Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He says, God created all things through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was made. And His life brought light to everyone. And so Isaiah prophesying about Jesus says, and He will be called Mighty God. Signifying His supreme power. Signifying His sovereignty, His greatness, and His glory. And that Jesus has all understanding. He is all knowledge. He is the master creator. Jesus alone has the expertise. He has all ability, all proficiency, all authority is His. Jesus has the upper hand in all circumstances. And Jesus alone has the wisdom to know how to apply all of this perfectly to the matters at hand in your life and the life of our church. Jesus is the light by which we see. And in John 12, verses 44 to 45, Jesus shouted to the crowds. He says, if you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. And then right before Jesus went to the cross, in John 17, 5, Jesus prays to His Father. And He says, now, Father, and now He's looking back to the beginning of what we've just been talking about. He says, now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. So where is Jesus right now? He is with God, sharing the glory they had before the world began. So Paul writes in Philippians 2, verse 6 to 11, talking about Jesus, he says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. 
Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I ask you, what role does Jesus play in your life? What role does He have in mine? What role does He have in the life of our church? And the prophecy in Daniel 7, verses 13 to 14, was fulfilled when Jesus left this earth and he ascended into heaven. It says he approached the ancient one, or God, or his father, and was led into his presence. And he was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world. This is where Jesus is right now. So that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. And so the words of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus have traceable, significant, and logical connection to real world issues, problems, and context. And Jesus is not an ancient relic of a bygone era, but he's the most dynamic and relevant force in our time, answering the questions of today and engaging in today's issues. That's Jesus. So what role does he play? Do we listen and pay attention to Jesus. A, su- a new season just came out recently of the Netflix series called The Crown. And some of you may watch that. I won't ask you to show your hands. I don't watch it. Not for any reason other than I don't watch dramas. But this Drama follows the political rivalries and romance of Queen Elizabeth II's reign and the events that shaped the second half of the, of the 20th century. And though Canada is an independent country, Britain's Queen Elizabeth remains the nation's head of state. She's our head of state. She does not play an active role in Canadian politics and her powers are mostly symbolic. But yes, we have a queen. I believe that in this 21st century, one of the greatest challenges for the church and individual believers is not to relegate Jesus to the status of a symbolic monarch. That's our challenge. There are nine things, at least nine things, the Queen still does. I'm going to mention just a few of them. 
So what role does Jesus have in our lives, in the life of our church? If you look at number four, the queen stays neutral in the political world. She really doesn't do much. She's not supposed to because she's considered to be the personification of the state of Canada. She's meant to remain neutral on all matters of politics. So do we expect Jesus to remain neutral in all matters of governance in our own lives? Do we believe that Jesus has all authority to enact specific laws and standards that are to govern our decisions and our actions around our finances and our social life and our our entertainment, how we spend our time and everything in our life? Do we believe that Jesus has a voice in determining how we are to be structured as a church, upholding clear standards and how we are to live together? Is Jesus only the personification of the body of Christ? You're not really expected to do much? What role does Jesus have in our lives and in our church today? If you look at number seven, eight, and nine, the queen stays informed on political matters. The queen's signature is necessary for certain government approvals. And finally, the queen can grant immunity from prosecution and pardon any offense. So I ask us, I challenge us, do we believe that Jesus has a specific, detailed, and strategic plan for our lives and the life of our church involving, involving specific dates and people and places and assignments? Or do we simply expect that Jesus, as our head, would stay informed and up to date on what we're doing? That he would sign off on our plans, blessing our efforts and initiatives, and of course, granting us immunity from prosecution and pardon any offense. Is he a symbolic monarch? Queen Elizabeth is best known for two things. Her moral support for the British people during World War II. And, of course, her longevity. She's still here. And Jesus is well known among us for his moral support when things are hard. When we go through trials, when we go through difficulties, and that in his longevity, he's always with us. It's just always there. And the prophet Isaiah prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah 9 verse 6. He says, the government will rest on His shoulders. His shoulders. Ephesians 1 verse 18, it says, and God placed all things under His feet, all all things under Jesus' feet, and appointed Him to be the head over everything for the church. So 
So the kingdom of God is not a democracy with Jesus as our symbolic monarch. We did not elect Jesus. He elected us and chose us to be a part of his kingdom. He went to the cross to die, to forgive our sin, and to welcome us into his kingdom, into his reign, into his rule, filling us with peace and joy and hope and meaning and relevance. We don't give him his role. He gives us our role. We do not ascribe authority to Him. As Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. And there's only one way that the king, His kingdom grows. It only grows through human obedience. That's the only way. And so Jesus says in John 14, verse 15, He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. John 14, 23, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Incredible promise. Genesis 3 reminds us and reveals to us again why it is so hard to let go of control and to trust Jesus. It's part of our very fallenness. So in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve are standing before the in front of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they are seeing the beautiful fruit and Satan comes and he, and he tempts them and he, and he gives them a, a, a lie wrapped in layers of deceit. And the lie was that if Adam and Eve would just eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they could become like God. And they could gain the knowledge of good and evil. And the aid of the fruit, part of it's true. Yes. They gain the knowledge of good and evil. We gain the knowledge of good and evil. And with that knowledge comes the emotion that most enslaves you and I. And that is fear. And with that Fear the propensity to control my life. Because I will now do everything I can to minimize my experience of the evil that I so fear and maximize the good that I desire. And so I have to control. And so we believe the lie that if I can just maintain influence or mastery over this situation or the people in my life or my performance or my schedule, my income or whatever it is, then I'll be okay. I'll be content. I'll be strong. And I'll be safe. And so inevitably, if you're like me, you delay Giving up control.
And invariably, anxiety and worry seemingly grab us by our throats and they choke and they strangle us emotionally and spiritually and mentally and rational thought is replaced with distortions of reality and silent assumptions lock us into prisons of fear and apprehension about the future. And now it is even more difficult for me ever to believe that I can let go of control and trust Jesus. And negative thoughts can become so much a part of our lives that they run through our minds automatically without the slightest effort on our part to put them there. As someone has said, they're as obvious and natural to you as the way you hold the fort. We can actually come to believe that anxiety and worry driven by our fear, that that's actually like the thread. That's helping us hold our lives together. Because we're afraid. It's hard to trust. Is Jesus really relevant? Does He really have mastery? Does He, is he really Lord? Can I trust Him with what's going on in my life, the matters at hand in my, in my life and in, in the world around me? So Jesus says in John 6, 29, it says the work of God is this, to believe in the one He has sent. That is our work. That's my work. That's your work. To believe. In Jesus. And Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, the, thief, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life. That's His desire for you. In John 14.6, Jesus says, I, I am the way it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Says Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 10, 27, he says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. Talk about intimacy. Personal, up-close relationship with Jesus, our Lord, our Creator, the Maker. Has supreme sovereignty over all. All authority, all power, all glory. You can hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. And they follow me. So I encourage us to listen and pay attention to Jesus. Psalm 24, verse 7. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. 
and let the King of Glory enter. Open up every area of your life. Maybe some of those doors have been closed for a long time. The gate's been locked shut. And they're ancient doors, they're ancient gates that have been there for a while. You need to open them up. Let the King of Glory enter. Amen.